Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Hello, and welcome to Mark My Words. This is Mark Homer. I'm going to talk to you today about letting go of having to do absolutely everything. Now, this may sound pretty simple and pretty obvious to a lot of people, especially if you're already in business, but delegation and passing tasks on to those around you and below you um, is a huge thing in business. We only have so many hours in a day. Um, We can't do that much ourselves in order to grow, in order to to get really, you know, to, to, to make really good money and in order to build businesses, you need scale. Now, in order to create scale, you need other people. And in order to that, you, in order to um, use those people effectively and structure them correctly, you need to delegate. So you need to pass um, tasks down to them and you need an effective structure or hierarchy to do that, you know, within your business. So, when Rob and I started, our attitude was, oh, bugger all this, you know, management spiel in these big organisations. It's all a load of rubbish. Um, all these corporates have middle managers all over the place and they're just wasting a load of money. And then as we went on in business, we realised that actually we weren't that clever and the corporates did know what they were doing uh, and we needed structure and we needed a hierarchy. So we ended up hiring a managing director who had all of the experience within a corporate environment of building those big teams. And she basically taught us how to do it, along with a really, really good book, uh, which is called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Now, what we what, what we have there is, um, or what we have at, at Progressive, are uh, about 60, 70 staff. And we have a managing director. Below her, we have um, various departmental heads. And those departmental heads each manage around sort of seven to 11 individuals. You don't really want to go beyond that number because uh, it's difficult to manage any more than that. And tasks effectively get passed down through that command chain and then and then results sort of and, and reporting pass back up through the chain again. Um, so, you know, as, as I've gone on, I, I also, you know, we also have a letting agency um, and that's run by um, another business partner and he has an operations manager in there. And she does effectively manage most of the team in there. I think there's sort of 10, 11 people in there. Um, And then sort of separate to that, I have um, our own development company, which I manage myself um, with an assistant. Uh, And then generally, you know, I I bring other trades, um, main contractors, um, other individuals in to then um, run um, separate jobs for me. So I, I tend to hire people on a, a job basis. Um, because in the past, I probably haven't been the strongest at building teams or, or delegating. Because I do have this habit of not letting go of a lot of stuff. And in my head, over the years, and still a little bit now, I just think, you know what, they're never going to do it as well as me. They're never as bothered as me. Um, so I may as well just do it myself. Um, which Okay, is is it may have some truth, but the reality is, if you get somebody in who's relatively good and you keep putting the time into training them 
and going back over and showing them how to do it. There may only be 80% of what you ever were at it, but they may end up being better, like quite a few of our employees have been. Um, and the reality is your time is then freed up to go and operate um, another area of the business or to hire more people or, you know, to, 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 to do whatever you want. So you've leveraged your time effectively. So you do need to let go uh, and, and not do everything yourself. And of course, a lot of that is around getting people who are the right fit for a job, who have got the right experience so that you can trust them to pass things on to them. So um, as part of that, clearly um, I'm doing sort of daily tasks, I'm checking up on rents or I'm checking up that commercial tenants have paid or the government with, you know, the, the RHI or, or whatever is, 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 is paying. So there's all this stuff that I do on a repeat, repeated basis um, every, every few days. Um, and it's important to sort of adapt automated processes wherever possible to manage that information that's coming out and to manage, you know, the the effectiveness and the execution of those processes. So you may use spreadsheets, you may use computer programs. Um, we have a an internal computer program which we developed here called PIM, and that manages purchases of individual properties um, and manages refurbs. Um, we have a computer system which we bought off the shelf for managing tenants and managing properties once they're up and running. That is called CFP Winman. That runs our letting agency. I think that's really, really important um, to understand that. Um, we have a system called Infusionsoft to manage all our emails that go out and to manage the opt-ins and to manage all the marketing and manage the credit card information. That's, you know, there's there's quite a lot of value in that. Um, so as, 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 as many of these automated processes that you you can have, as possible are usually a good thing because they save time. In addition to saving time, they will um, make the outcome more consistent. So when you go to do something or you try to create something, the outcome is going to be more and more consistent. Um, and, you know, generally speaking, you're, you're going to end up with happier customers because their expectation is going to be met over what you promise them, um, so I think I think there's a lot of value in 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 having those automated processes. Um, as part of that, um, you may also just have a, a simple way of creating a system, which could be to um, adopt um, systems manuals or just a one to a hundred checklist. Um, we've had um, processes put in through our business throughout our business, whereby when we're um, going to be buying properties or when we're going to be providing courses, each member of staff has to put a checklist together to show the next person or the person who's sort of replacing them when they're on holiday or, you know, when training up a, a new subordinate, how to do their job. Um, if you write it down, it doesn't get forgotten. All those um, messages and all those sort of learnings get saved in the business. Uh, there's a lot of value in in doing that. So I would, um, every, every, process that you do, I would sort of write a 1 to 50, 1 to 100 checklist and get all your members of staff to do the same thing. You can then A, see if what they're doing is uh, most effective, see if there's any duplication in the business. And then if they end up leaving or, you know, something happens to them or someone needs to take over, they're going to have a lot more of the information already there in a manual ready to go. If you go into McDonald's, go into KFC, go into any of those big franchises, that is what they've got. Uh, and it also 
uh, creates um, a higher level of adherence to the rules and to those checklists. Um, so you, you'll end up um, usually getting a, a much more consistent outcome um, because the members of staff, if they follow the checklist, won't then sort of start, I don't know, putting a, a different coating in the on the chicken uh, in KFC or, or start, you know, cooking the burgers for five minutes instead of five and a half because they want to get them out and risking people getting food poisoning because things like that happen. It's a bit like Chinese whispers as people uh, take on recipes or take on tasks or, you know, buy properties. They tend to amend them a little bit according to uh, their own foibles. Um, and uh, that isn't necessarily a great thing for your business. The fourth point that I'm going to make is to hire employees you trust. Um, hiring great employees is actually cheap. I used to think buying, um, you know, or, or, or paying sort of less in wages, getting people in on a cheaper salary was a great thing for the business. But the old saying, you hire peanuts, you get monkeys, uh, may be true. Uh, I don't want to offend anybody there, but um, that is often the reality. Um if I've got somebody in front of me who, I don't know, maybe they're, you know, they're coming in on a salary of 25 grand um, and they're sort of okay, uh, maybe just sort of reach the bar or I've got someone there who I know is going to be absolutely amazing and they've got loads of experience and they're going to cost 30 grand, it's an easy decision. Good employees will make you back multiple, multiple, multiple times the investment in their salary. That's just the reality of business. That's the way it's leveraged. Rehiring new people probably costs you upwards of 20 grand a time. You've got to retrain them. It probably takes them six months to get into the role properly. You've got to repay all those recruitment consultants. You've got to um, you know, use staff time or your time to retrain them. Absolutely not worth it. And you may lose some customers along the way. So what you want to do is hire the best Get them, you know, get them in a position where they're really, really knowledgeable, give them plenty of benefits, make them feel valued and then retain them. Uh, and, you know, some of our employees here, we've had, I don't know, God, at least it was seven years plus now. Uh, when we started, Rob and I, you know, we'd, we'd keep employees for six months a year and then they'd be gone. And, you know, maybe we weren't as cognizant as to the importance of retaining really, really good people. Uh, it works both ways as well because... The, the longer you've had them, uh, you know, and, and, you know, if they're earning good money and they're happy and they feel valued, uh, it just it's good for them. So they're going to be a lot less likely to go and take a risk on a, another employer who may be offering them something. But, you know, the reality is they get there and there's a good chance they won't it won't work out the way they thought or, or, or you know, the the promise won't 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 live up to the reality. Two-way training processes are important. Um, feedback is really important. You need a consistent uh, meeting. Uh, we sometimes call them one-to-one. -one. So uh, each manager or supervisor needs to meet with their members of staff on a regular basis to get two-way feedback uh, and to understand what the issues are in that role, um, to understand you know, what extra training that staff member needs, to find out what their issues are, to, to find out if they're happy, to find out what customers are good, what are, you know, what are bad. I think that's really, really valuable. So a good two-way training process and, and feedback loop through one-to-ones is very important when managing people. 
tracking results and, and tracking, you know, sort of measurements, systems and measurements uh, with a systems efficiency is also very, very valuable and important. Um, I think it's important, you know, if you're, um, you're going through a, a process to make sure you measure the results. So, you know, if you're, if you're running a new, I don't know, investment or, or testing a new sort of yeah, investment process, you need to track and measure the results from that investment to see if you're going to roll it out on a, on a much bigger scale. Um, I like to do that. Uh, we, we, you know, we do that a lot, you know, with, you know, let's say we were doing, I don't know, serviced accommodation or maybe we're, we're doing a slightly different room let or, you know, maybe we're looking to do a hotel. I just do one or two and then, you know, test and measure for six months. And the, the really important thing is to get the management accounts and, and, you know, interrogate those numbers like hell so that you know after six months a year how it has performed in reality, you know, where the rubber meets the road, um, you know, so that you can then decide whether you're going to carry on doing that, whether you're going to roll it out, whether you're going to modify it, or whether you're just going to can it. And so each process and system needs to be tracked and measured with numbers. Uh, and those numbers can be come through the management accounts or... Um, you may have KPIs, so, you know, key performance indicators uh, and your staff can report those to you. How many properties did they buy or how many did they view or, you know, what was the, the, the refurb budget per room? All that stuff needs tracking and measuring. And then you need to have a meeting or some time where you can analyze those numbers. Clearly in business, not everything goes to plan. Um, lots of, you know, when I'm bidding on properties, I get outbid, you know, we might have a, a deal going through, um, you know, which, which doesn't actually happen. Uh, I've got mates who, um, uh, you know, one, one just told me this morning he was bidding on a, a, a nice block, uh, and someone's come along and outbid him and, you know, it, it was a really, really good deal for him and he's going to make a lot of money out of it. Um, so, you know, he'll be used to that. He's got experience. But I do see people coming in who are new in business and their numbers are very, very tight. They don't leave any room for error. They don't leave any room for voids. They don't leave any room for staff leaving, extra costs, you know, I don't know, extra regulations, all that stuff. You know, you just got to expect the law's got to change. You know, we've got a tenancy fee ban in our letting agency uh, that's going to take quite a lot of money, you know, away from the letting agency. And we've got to find a way around it. We've got HMO licensing now where they're measuring every single room with a laser measurer. Um, you know, I need to put extra money in to remodel rooms and move them around and, you know, do various things like that. Um, so all that stuff is is is, is sort of expected. Um, you know, I, I had a planning um, enforcement uh, email just before Christmas on a, a maybe slightly cheeky sort of HMO that I did. Um, but I managed to sort of sink my head into the rules uh, and 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 find a way to show that um, the uh, the building was immune from uh, any enforcement action because it had been operating like that for more than four years. Um, I sort of knew there was that risk in the background, so I, I left plenty of meat on the bone, plenty of fat there, plenty of money to sort of remodel it or play a, play a, pay a planning consultant to deal with any issues or you know maybe a planning application that I would need to put in later. Um, so I, I think it is really, really important to do that. You know, we're going through a period now where the economy is has become more uncertain. The Bank of England um, inflation report was yesterday. Um, clearly, the governor is still expecting growth into, in, into the rest of this year. Uh, but, you know, we've got Brexit looming. Uh, if there's a, a hard Brexit, there's still the possibility uh, of that going really wrong. May put us into recession. Who knows? Um 
you know, what happens if interest rates go up? You need cash back and you need meat on the bone to deal with these times because uh, if you do and, you, you you know, you have that cash and you, you've got that wiggle room in the bad times, then you're going to be the one that's going to have the cash ready to go and buy those amazing deals and really load up and make a load of money. So I hope that's been useful, helpful, um, and, uh, you know, you've got plenty from it. Um, any questions, send me an email. It's markhomer at progressiveproperty.co.uk. Uh, that has been Mark Homer for Mark My Words. <laughs>